That's okay. Welcome to Pondering with Peg, Episode 2. I am pleased to be speaking with Carolyn Jalone, author of Psychic Connections. Carolyn is also a regression counselor. Carolyn, what inspired you to write Psychic Connections? Well, Psychic Connections is my second book, and uh, I was given a gift, a package uh, for a book, self-published book. And so my writer group and I, we were working on biographies, and this is the thread that I wanted to write about. I wanted to write about my experiences, but my experiences where I felt there was a touch of the mysterious, that, that sometimes I just knew something uh, ahead of time and felt connected to the universe. Uh, I love the book. Uh, the book touches on the idea of synchronicities. Uh, you also touch on uh, the idea of the soulmate. Uh, most people can think of a soulmate uh, as finding the love of your life. Uh, this, this can be true for some, but soulmates can be also friends or even someone who challenges you to do your best. Uh, can you talk a little about Rob in the book? Okay, I wrote a story about my high school boyfriend. And Rob and I have been friends for many years. We'll be 75 uh, in a month. And so it's many years, this relationship. And I think that we're soulmates because we are on the same wavelength. When we were young, of course, we started by dating. And um, I could talk to him about anything. He could talk to me about anything. Uh, we certainly went on to school and separated. He went to New York to school. Uh, and I stayed in Pennsylvania. Um, we both got married, but we did marry each other. It's just a, a story of two people who all through life have checked in with each other. When you needed someone to talk to, when you needed support, it seemed to be the person. I will tell you, though, that with a person who's on your wavelength, that they will think of you even out of the blue. And I can remember thinking of him uh, and worrying about him. And I called him, and he was going for some tests, uh, medical tests. And he said he was worried. And so, interestingly enough, I picked up on that. Now, he's also picked up on me as life went on. Um, I was uh, in a situation at school where we were having a strike, and we were walking the picket line, and someone stole my handbag. And so I kind of got upset, but not really bad. Everyone was assuring me it was kids and that they would just throw the bag in some trash can. So we told the police, but I did ask a teacher to drive me home so that um, I could get my spare key so that I could drive my car. And uh, when I got to the house, the phone was ringing. I picked up the phone thinking, wow, it's the police. But it wasn't. It was my friend Rob. And he said, uh, I don't know. I just felt like I should call you. Is anything wrong? And I just burst out crying because I thought, oh, it's Rob. If God sent Rob, how bad is this going to be? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't bad at all. We just talked. We're just on each other's wavelength. Yeah, I, I I love that story. Um, and the book also talks about intuition, 
and uh, gut feelings. And uh, you were going to read a little, if you wouldn't mind, it's a story of the car maintenance bill about having a hunch. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it's called the car bill and extrasensory perception. Here is a case where psychic information brought a surprise ending. I think this event was one to keep my husband and I on the up and up. In my mid-twenties, I was a married woman, and uh, I was getting inner guidance. Now and then, I would just know something was about to happen. Well, the knowing came as my husband and I talked about picking up his car from the repair shop. We had two cars, so I drove him to get it. As we got ready to go, I said to him, uh, I have a feeling like the bill is going to be wrong. Make sure you check it twice. And he said, okay. But I didn't think he had really paid much attention to what I said. So when we got to the garage, I said it again. Double check the bill. He went into the shop. I waited for him to come out. When he came out, he walked over to me and he was laughing. I asked him what was up. He said, you and your ESP. Yes, they made a mistake on the bill, but it was $10 off in our favor. <laughs> so he wasn't happy with my ESP. <laughs> I love it. And I always find that, you know, we have these hunches. Everyone has them. They get them. And sometimes you'll dismiss it, and then you kind of regret dismissing it. Absolutely. When something happens that you could have prevented or fixed ahead of time. Um, and I think it's so fascinating that we have to have faith and believe in ourselves and our own intuition. That's the challenge. That if you get this idea, this hunch, this gut feeling, that you listen. If it isn't harmful, right? why not listen? Right. I also... Uh, there's so many interesting stories in the book, but also you touch on Linda Bede, uh, a, a woman who's in your book or a child who's in your book. And it's very fascinating, uh, your relationship to Linda Bede. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, the story that you are mentioning is a story of reincarnation. Linda Bede was a life I lived in England uh, years ago and uh, it connects with this life because um, I had a problem and uh, the problem I had in this life was that uh, I was afraid of driving so I just um, didn't know what that was I thought that was just me anyway I went to study in England with uh, spiritualists and one of the people in England uh, took me out for a ride uh, on a country road. And I just know that uh, at some point I was getting a headache. And I just said to him, we, we have to get go back. I, I can't do this. And he said to me, because he was psychic, he said to me, no, it's better this time. And I had this flash in my mind of being on this tiny road. I was in the back of a car, two people in front. I realized they were all my parents. And we crashed head into another car. And so that, didn't know that, but it was a past life memory. 
So in this life, when I thought that I could drive, I found that I had a fear. I got a license at 16, regular school, uh, high school class. I didn't drive till I was 21. Right. It kept me back that long. And it was interesting about this woman's name, Linda Bede. Years and years before, I think I was around five years old, and I can remember listening to a song on the radio called Linda by Buddy Clark. I could remember running over to the radio to hear that whole song. I'd stay there till it was over. Now I know that that had been my name. Right, and it triggered and that, that it memory. Triggered, well, that it made me feel like they were calling me. Right. I would actually run over to the to the radio. So work with the past lives, work with the clients. I'm a counselor, so I take people into their past lives. I have found it can be very cathartic. For me, getting rid of that fear of driving. Right. I had gone to a psychologist who hypnotized me. And sometimes that worked, sometimes that didn't. Right. But once I went through that experience in England, I never had that again. Right, because some of the fears that we have don't really have make sense in this life as to why we have them. Like, it's not like you were young and had been in an accident in this life that exactly. made you afraid of driving. Exactly. You know. So that is, a, I, I feel like when you talk about reincarnation, um, I like this sentence that reincarnation explains really who we are because it just tells us our patterns. It tells us right. the why of our life, W-H-Y. Very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you believe in reincarnation or not, you still have these kind of inklings Right. Fear of swimming, and there's no reason for that. Right. Like, I have fear of driving. Right. Also, talents. Right. People have things that they can do so easily. I mean, Mozart could actually compose music at four. Right. So, that's an extreme, but all of us right. have tendencies. Who's mechanical? I mean, I could always sew. Like, that was natural to me. Right. I just think that those things are just uh, coming from, in my opinion, past experiences. Right. Yeah, my, I have a son who can pick up any instrument and play it and learn it without having to be taught how to play it. He can teach himself. It's just natural. You know, and I don't have any of that talent. It's not okay. like we had a house with lots of instruments and everybody knew how to play so and that's picked him. it up. Yeah, so I thought that was it's so fascinating how it's our individualization. Yeah. I do think that these patterns are our individualization. Right. Even I wonder if even like food, how some people are gravitate towards they may grow up in a certain home, but they gravitate towards a certain type of food yes. or like a, a nationality's food that's not that's, anything that their family eats. Exactly. I think that you've touched upon another aspect right. that likes and dislikes, that there's some reason your dislikes and your likes are different than mine. Right. So yes, food would be a, an issue that could be 
Right. Or even when we have the food phobias and we're not sure like exactly. why we can't eat something that's, you I, know, I round or, the only <laughs> or green or blue. That I know uh, that was so clear about that, they, they couldn't eat ham. It, it would actually, or, or pork, it just made them feel sick. Oh, interesting. And they, in the past, have been Jewish. That, that and that sense. was a dietary yeah. no-no. Right. Well, that's so, interesting. So you're saying food. Yeah, yeah, I think it comes in all aspects of life. Yeah, it's, it's just so fascinating. Um, we were talking, it's talking about your regression counseling. Um, I was wondering if you ever... Um, see or experience what your client is feeling or seeing when you're doing a regression. All right. When I do the work with people, they're in a relaxed state. And, of course, I tell you the truth, I get pretty relaxed myself. But there are times when I can visualize what they are saying to me. And those times it's a help, really, because I ask clarifying questions to them and it gives them a broader uh, sense of what their uh, vision is. Right. So it is a help if I get it. It doesn't happen with everyone. But I right. do. Yeah, that, that's so fascinating. Uh, I've had a regression with Carolyn. Uh, I love it because you're not, you don't use hypnosis to do it. You, you do some, like, relaxation techniques. So it was very interesting to me because... Everything that did come to me, I was very aware of what everything going on, but when it came, it was so, it was so amazing how it comes. But I knew it was coming from me because you weren't guiding me or telling me this right. is where you're at or this is what you said. Right. It's all coming from the client, the person right. in the chair. So I thought that was really fascinating. And then um, I was just, this is my own curiosity, if you've ever come across someone who is on an early lifetime. Well, I think it's interesting because when people um, come to a past life regressionist, it's really a, a level of development. They might be curious. They may not even believe in reincarnation. But there's some sort of development that says to them, do you think it could be true? Now, I think they've been around a few times because they're asking the deep questions. Right. Uh, I haven't ever found anyone who had nothing because it was their first life. Right. I will tell you it's very interesting if a person comes with a problem that they want to know. Uh, they Let's say they have a leg that's been deformed since birth. And they want to know, is that a pattern coming from another life right and we will sequentially go back the last time you had this feeling the last time you had this feeling a life back a life back a life we can go pretty far back uh, to find some primitive life right where they fell and broke their leg and it's been a, a problem ever since right not in every life but gee whiz over and over right. again. I guess the trauma, if it's not the trauma, if it's not, not understood in mm -hmm, that life. Mm -hmm. So that's just an example to say that um, we go back because there's something to go back to. Right. So the ones that are newly um, coming into the Earth experience. Right. Um, 
I haven't found anyone who who didn't have a past. Right. Right. And it, it's interesting because I was having a conversation with someone recently about similar, like about newer souls, like how you would, how, what they thought, how would you recognize that? And um, someone was saying that, you know, oh, I think it's the people who are dealing with, you know, a lot of the newer souls might be people with addictions and, and which I totally don't think that because anyone I've come across who has those issues or has a life that's very hard, I find that they're very deep and that in my mind, I think you would have to be an older soul to handle that or to have chosen that because you're like, I can, I can take this on and learn this lesson because I've been there a few times. Right. I get, you know, how it works. And if I have to go through this to help someone else see it or for my own lesson. So I always find that those people coming in and that have those, when I've met them or talked to them, their souls are seem so old, not young right. at all. Talk about an old soul. All souls were created at the same time. Right. But not all souls have had earth experiences right. like other souls. Right. The earth experience is where they get really savvy about how to deal with materiality. Right. And if you don't have many experiences, you would be more naive. You could be taken over. You can be led down a path because you haven't developed your own yet. Right. And and that makes so much sense because when you see someone who gets kind of led down into a, a life that's, you know, not the one they should have should be going to or, you know, where they end up doing things that maybe they wouldn't have done but they were they were taken over or listened to others you know you really have to understand that and and have compassion everyone's on their own journey Mm -hmm. so there isn't any high and low there's only experience and learning right if a soul needs a learning that's very basic they get a learning that's very basic right if a soul has done some developing they might be given a life where they're given more responsibility and that they really have to take that seriously. They have to be compassionate. They have to hear other people as to their level. Right. And not be judgmental against a level. Right. Yeah, I I had um, an aha moment watching Pirates of the Caribbean uh, with Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom and the the very first movie they were sword fighting and Johnny Depp the pirate um, you know does something and Orlando Bloom said you cheated and he says pirate and it was like my uh, the whole room lit up and my head I just got the biggest aha and I thought oh my gosh how true is that to life that you can't expect more from a pirate than what a pirate does. So it helped me in my daily life to right. realize that someone else is on a different level growing or their journey's not, you know, where mine might be. Right. Or they might have more of a journey that, you know, they may be more advanced right. in their journey than me. But you have to take them for who they are at that time. That's exactly right. So the consciousness level that we have at the moment is what we've arrived to. Right. And that somehow one isn't better than another. It's like 
you know, I used to say, consider the source. Right. If that person is there on a level where they have to act out everything, we call them drama queens, whatever. Right, right. That's where they are. Right. And they're not going to change. Right. It, it, I can't change them. That's sort of a growth. And they begin to not get back what they want from that. And they'll change themselves. But their consciousness right. level has to be acted out. Right. Yeah. And our perception, we have got to take them for who they are and not who we perceive them to be or want them to be. Right. Yeah. Right. I lo- I just love that. I thought, I can't believe I got an aha moment out of a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, but it, it was life-changing. It's everywhere. Life-changing. It's everywhere. Yes, it was. <laughs> That's kind of funny because that whole, that I just thought of that movie. They do deal with um, Davy Jones and the dead and, you know, they're still, yeah. It's a very interesting movie. Um, also, Carolyn is uh, the librarian at Paris Study, which is in Chester Heights. Um, that's where I first met Carolyn. She also teaches classes there. Um, how long have you been involved in Paris Study, and what kind of brought what you what brought you there? Well, I started at Paris Study in the seventies. Um, I I went there to hear a lecture, and the person became the teacher to me. Uh, she taught me how to be a past life regressionist. So I kind of, t- right from the first start there, I sort of uh, kind of dug in. Um, two friends of mine who were very important in my life, they uh, belonged to a spiritual group, and uh, they belonged there. And so that was my initiation in the 70s. Uh, then I went to Virginia Beach. I went to work at the ARE Library. Um, I wrote a book, I did, was a researcher, I was a speaker, and about 14 years ago, I came back to Philadelphia from Virginia Beach, and I was invited to speak at Parastudy, and that's how I got again involved with the group. It's a group that is looking for um, a way to understand body, mind, and spirit how it works together, so it comes out in classes on yoga, classes on dreams. Right. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating place. It's a very, it's a place where you feel very uh, safe and free to speak about these types of things, um, and really, there's so many enjoyable classes and uh, great people. I find every time I meet someone new there, they're even more fascinating. It's It's just amazing. I love it there. And I happened to go there from uh, a book I was reading that mentioned it. And when I looked it up on the website, I looked at the house and I thought, I know that house. I've seen it before. And right. I was like, yeah, I thought, oh, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been you were there led. I was led there. Uh, well, thank you, Carolyn. Uh, please get Carolyn's book, Psychic Connections. And I think Carolyn is going to read us a quote before we end this, um, make sure to get it. Psychic Connections by Carolyn Jalone. It's a great book. It's enjoyable, um, easy to read, deep ideas, but in a way that everyone can understand. It's, it's super. Um, okay, Carolyn. <laughs> yes. Um, the question that people ask me when I talk about the book is, is everyone psychic? 
And the answer is yes. When I worked for the Edgar Casey Library, A-R-E, um, his answer to that was, we are all psychic, but we are different levels of development. Okay. Well, Mahatma Gandhi had a statement about this connection, this development, the part of us that is the spiritual part of us working with the earth part of us. And this is what he said. There is a force in the universe which, if we permit it, will flow through us and produce miraculous results. Wise. I love that. Very wise. Yeah. And with that, until next time, remember, be the light.